Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about the difference between focusing on problems and solutions. We talked about the term anti-racism. Is it the appropriate term? We looked at the idea as if there a benefit to racism, how does that push different agendas or keep a division and how that leads into the divided states of America and the difference between building walls versus building bridges. And this week, Jared, what are we gonna talk about? Oh, well, I wanna kind of reference it into how we talked about last week, but we're gonna talk about um, criminality, so to speak, or what it's like, you'd ask me a question, what is it like to grow up in a, um, for lack of a better word, a crime infested place, right? Um, and so we're gonna try to, I think we did this, we're circling back guys, we're gonna try to build a bridge um, beyond where for people growing up in different circumstances, situations, realities, right? Because where I am is my reality, right? And, and that is, I think one of the biggest issues and we've talked a lot about, about it a lot on the on the group and the group and on the podcast. The biggest issues is that you, what you perceive and what you have happened to you in life is your reality, right? And it could be completely different from somebody else's. So we're going to talk, I guess, a little bit about um, the reality of, of people growing up in situations like myself. And we're going to try to tie that to you know, the differences in the realities of Jesse's Northern California versus now his Southern California and how those two worlds are different, right? And, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna try to give you guys um, get some insight into uh, what it's like to grow up in Baltimore City. Um, but to humanize it, so be prepared. I'm gonna I'm gonna make some ties with some of you won't like, <laughs> but hopefully you will be able to see, right? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, you got any questions you want to ask to start, Jesse? Before I dive in, or yeah, you know, maybe I'll make a I'll make a statement first. So, one of the things I have I was sharing this with Jared before we started recording today, and I'm putting this out there in case anybody can relate to it, all about a piece of it. One of the things I've really appreciated about having these conversations with Jared, Jared and I have been doing this now for four and a half months or so, and is, is going through these topics and conversations together and going through the places that were the unknown and the uncomfortable and there's been more than probably five times where Jared and I have met beforehand and we're both just like, man, I, I'm a little leery about diving into that. But we've done it and trusted one another in the process of that. And, and what that's done for me is it's given me permission to expand some of the, my perception on some of the stereotypes or the conveniences I allow for myself. And I'll, I'll, I'll be clear with what I mean by that. Jared and I last time were talking about statistics and how we can look at statistics and we can manipulate them. And so there's a common statistic that gets thrown around saying that 
the majority of criminal activity comes from this one part of the population. And it's usually the, the black male age 18 to 34, whatever that range is, right? And so as an outsider who's just looking at statistics prior to these conversations with Jared, because I wasn't challenging myself and even thinking about that, the convenience I would afford myself was, well, those are just people who are criminals making criminal decisions. They, they have choice. They don't want to choose a different option. And that's that. What I've been challenging myself to really look at is like, okay, what is the why behind that? If I were to allow myself to play in this space and not have it be a criminal or a, a black, or, and the other thing I would do too is I would, I would, if I looked at that and saw that it was a, a statistic like that, I would say, oh, well, there's gangster culture that influences it. So it's, it's rap music and whatnot too. And again, it's a convenience I would afford myself to just excuse myself from looking deeper at what a deeper issue is. Not looking at the human being, not looking at the behaviors, not looking at what is the cascade of events that leads to one choosing certain behaviors. Now, I also want to say too, this doesn't mean I agree with behaviors. I definitely don't agree with uh, acts of violence that are criminal choices that people make where we're taking each other's lives, where we're hurting one another. But where I'm challenging myself and my own growth is to try to understand the why behind it. Because I believe that if I can understand the why behind it, I'm able to have better conversations than I've had before. And if I'm having better conversations than I had before, then maybe I can be a part of a problem that is actually bringing meaningful change. That's not just adding more laws or more legislation or anything like that. Not saying that doesn't create meaningful change, but it's actually looking at how do we educate people differently? How do we communicate with one another differently? How do we do something differently so that, as Jared was just saying, someone whose reality, their physical reality, they're growing up disadvantaged in an inner city, wherever that is, they have access to information that helps them understand that there is choice in it and that there's different ways of viewing and perceiving things. And I just want to throw that out there because it's something that I've been sitting with in recognizing my own, how in the past I would have hung my hat on statistics as a convenience of allowing me to not examine my own behavior and also acknowledging too that if I was in similar circumstances, I would probably do the same thing. You know, I would probably do the same thing. And I know that it's, Jared and I were talking beforehand, Jared, I'm just going to stop rambling after this so you can go. But we were talking about, I was telling Jared, I just watched Breaking Bad finally this year and I just finished it. And the thing that makes Walter White such a fascinating character is I think Walter White in many ways represents the average amongst us. He's this person who has some sort of inner brilliance, but he's never believed in himself enough to go after it. And he's had an ego or whatever it is that's come in the way of it. And so he's found himself in a position in life where he's not really particularly happy with what he has. And even though he has everything that we think we're supposed to get, he's got a family, he's got the house, he's got a respectable job. And then all of a sudden something happens to him, he gets sick. And he's faced with his mortality. And so there's an opportunity presented where he can go in and make some drugs, take a skill set that he's already good at, and, and use it to a very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? 
altruistic way, it's not about doing drugs. It's about taking care of his family, providing for them in the short amount of time he has. And I mean, gosh, it's hard for me to say that if that were my situation, I, I can remember, actually, I won't even say that. When my father passed away in 2010, he died and he had a lot of debt. He, he had a tremendous amount of debt. And the house that my mom was living in was going to get foreclosed on because of my father's debt. I didn't have money. Nobody in my family had money. And where I grew up in Northern California, the marijuana business is a very profitable business. And I had very serious conversations with people who I trust and care about, about what that would look like for me to be able to have some sort of involvement in that, to try to make some fast money. Because in that moment, it was very much about trying to make sense of a completely senseless situation to me. It was trying to make sense of how my father, who had spent his last two years of life trying to get healthy, finally got healthy, and then he just died. And how could I make sure my mom didn't lose her the where she was living and, and all those types of things. So I know that I, like Walter White, in presented with similar circumstances, may very well make a choice that would be considered this. And so what I can do is I can try to make choices after choice after choice that ever prevents me from being in that situation. And I just, I don't know, this is a really long ramble, y'all, and, I'm, and I'm, I apologize for it, but I, I want to give that as a disclaimer and just how I'm working on evolving my thinking around this. And my hope is, is that as Jared shares his experience growing up in that kind of environment, we can just have a really uh, meaningful conversation around it. Man, I appreciate you. You know, I told you it's going to be a, a tough topic for me to talk about. Um, although I've touched on it, um, to 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 dive in depth onto um, the whys and the what it's like to grow up in a um, a, a crime infested area. So I want to preface this, guys, by saying that I I was blessed to have certain advantages that allowed me not to be immersed in that um, at some pivotal stages in my life. Right. Um, but, uh, so I, I'll just say that, um, so, uh, <laughs> I guess, so, uh, I got myself in some situations where like, you know, I was, you know, maybe threatened somebody's life when I was like super young, like six or seven, eight years old. Um, I used to carry a knife around with me because I would go to places with, with my mom and they would be dangerous places. Um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't, I heard my first gunshot that I can remember at eight years old. Um, and uh, it was relatively late at night. I was in the house um, by myself. My dad was either working late or he had, you know, uh, gone somewhere anyway. I, and I spent a lot of nights. My dad was a single dad. My mom and my dad split up. My dad was a single dad, um, which is why I ended up living with my grandparents at like probably, you know, later that year, as a matter of fact. But I was in the house by myself. I was watching a movie called Major Pain. I don't know if anybody's seen it with Damon Wayans. Fucking hilarious movie. It's still one of my favorite movies to this day. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting there in the house by myself. Lights are off. I'm watching a movie. And then I hear, you know, pop, 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 right? I hear, you know, gunshots. And uh, 
right in the alley, right behind my house, literally. And I'm like, I'm just like, okay, Jared, don't move. Don't get up, right? Don't look out the window, right? Or anything like that. And I remember, you know, watching, finishing the movie and, uh, you know, uh, going to bed and like just being like, oh, well, um, I'd known at that point, I'd already known people who had been shot. Um, I didn't know anybody personally who had gotten uh, killed yet. Um, but it was just a, just a stark reminder of the reality that I lived in. So then um, when I was 11, um, kid across the street, 11, I was like 11, going 12, kid across the street from my mom's house, um, 15 year old kid, um, you know, he got shot in the head um, on the corner. Um, so that was like the first time I saw somebody get shot and it was weird. Um, you know, it's not when you grow up around it. And at this point, I did know people who had, you know, shot at people or had been shot at, or, you know, um, I didn't know anybody who had got shot. I mean, not like, not like none of my friends. When I say know somebody who got shot, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any 10 or 11, 12 year old friends, 13 year old friends who had been shot at this point in my life. Right. And so, but um, again, stark reality. Right. And so what, what happens when you know that people around you are being shot and people around you are being killed, people around you are carrying guns and willing to use them, is that you had better decide that that button is in you and that you are willing to use it, right? And when I say that button, I mean that, that ability to be like, well, if it comes down to it, I'm going to pick up a gun and I'm going to shoot this person, right? So I probably decided around, you know, 10 or 11 and I could kill somebody if I had to probably younger than that, but like, like really consciously came to the decision that like, okay, like there might come a time where I'm going to have to fucking blow somebody away. And, um, you know, and, um, I need to know that the people around me are also going to be willing to blow somebody away. Cause we're going to get in a situation where we, you know, we might have to handle that, you know? And, um, so, um, you know, that was, that was, those were the decisions that I was making, um, along with at the time, mind you, I was number two in my class. I wasn't number one. Fuck. I was a straight A student. <laughs> I was a straight A student and everything else. Um, but, but, you know, uh, deciding that, uh, that, yeah, like, like that's, it's part of my reality and like real decision. Like, I mean, like, like a decision, like going home and doing your homework kind of decision. Mm -hmm. Does that make any kind of sense? Like I'm, I'm trying to, I want to, I want to um, quantify that like um, in a way, like, you know, not pontificating, not like, like there's a decision in my mind because I'm going to do this. Right. And it's a real scenario that I have to deal with in life. Right. And if I fight you, if we get into a fight, then the next time I see you, I better be prepared to put in your life, right? And if I and if we have a disagreement or an argument, this is this is I mean this is like I started making these decisions like eleven and twelve years old when people tease people, right? When people like you know what I mean, like when people like you know uh, you know you know bully each other, right? And all that other kind of stuff.
And, you know, I'm like, yeah, like I'm not, I'm, you know, I I am deciding, you know, we're, you know, this is not only will I not be bullied, but we're going to play for keeps if we have to, we're just going to fucking, we're going to, we're going to play for it. We're going to play for it, play for the whole thing, the whole shebang. Right. And, and, um, and yeah, so those, those are the types of decisions that you're faced with when you grow up around a certain amount of crime, right? Now, from that, from that, right, what becomes when you're dealing with life and death, this is my evolution. I don't, I don't know what other people fucking think about, guys, right? This is me, right? But from that standpoint, like, what you're thinking about in terms of what's acceptable and unacceptable behavior is now all predicated upon life or death. This person might kill me, or I might have to kill this person, or blah, 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 blah. And so all of your moral structures morph the thought of death. I don't know a single friend that, um, I don't know, I don't, have, I, don't, I don't think I know a single friend that grew up in Baltimore City um, that's a guy that really was like, oh, I'll live past 2021. Like to entertain that thought in and of itself is relatively dangerous. I didn't think I lived past 18 to be honest with you, right? So it's a dangerous thought to entertain, right? Why get excited about a life not promised, right? When death is so around you. So by the time I'd been to high school, you know, I'd had three or four friends get shot. had two friends that got killed. Um, you know, uh, I had I had friends that basically got a death sentence, um, which is which is which is they got kicked out of the group that we hung around with. Um, and that is that's a that is it's either it's that's a death sentence pretty much right um, because you know, one, their, their safety and numbers and reputation. Right. And, um, and then two, now you, now you are in a place where you are surrounded by enemies, right. In other words, or not friends, which is the enemy is a not friend. Right. And, um, so those, they became drug addicts. Um, one, because they felt like, you know, their life was over and they they were dibbling, dabbling in drugs a little bit before they got kicked basically kicked out of the, 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 the circle. Um, but they were, you know, they were, uh, you know, I, they're probably depressed because <laughs> now, now they had to go outside every day. And, and if they did go outside, you know, there was a, there was a fear that someone was going to look at them as a threat and take them out or they were going to get teased they were going to get whatever and they knew that if they reacted violently toward that person that everybody was going to come at them it wouldn't be a one-on-one shot it's going to be a you just you did you you got your vengeance but you just signed your death warrant Mm. does that make any kind of sense or you got to run right and so um, I, I, I don't know if I'm gaining anything or losing y'all guys on this. Like I said, this is a difficult topic for me to... Can I, can I ask a question, Jerry? Go for it. Uh, you, you mentioned something 
it seemed like it was a re retrospect of these, they were probably depressed. When you were at that age in that mentality and that psychology, were <clears throat> you at all considering that people might be depressed, have stress, any of those types of things, or was it very much like a, a black and white, so to speak, an enemy and friend dynamic? Oh, like when I was that age, I think about depression. Yeah, or that somebody else might be struggling with depression, and that's why they're doing the behaviors they were doing. No, and like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what middle schoolers, elementary schoolers, maybe like now they do, but like when we were in middle and elementary yeah. school, I don't think we thought about like depression that much. Like now we're a little bit more involved and we kind of talk to about kids, you know, kids commit suicide in high school, Columbine, all that kind if of you stuff. Have, if you would have known about it, like if that would have been something that would have been, if that, and I'll, I'll give context in just a moment. If you can imagine yourself at that age and you would have known and understood those types of things, like if you could under, you know, we only see if we can understand what we know now, where we have made different choices or we have perceived things differently. And because I'm, I'm, one of the things I'm wildly curious about is how we assign labels to one another based off of our behaviors and what kind of then reality that gives us permission to live in. So mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're a kid growing up in Baltimore and you're labeling, there's a labeling of friend and enemy. Mm -hmm. This isn't to say, this isn't any way saying what's right or wrong. This is to try to hear and understand and then, and then invite a discussion about what can be done societally to change that, to, to provide additional choices in labeling, right? Because what if there was friend, enemy, and somebody who's depressed? Or, you, you know what I mean? Like if it, I'm going to tell you, you're not allowed that option. Yeah, exactly. You're not allowed that option. It doesn't matter because the depressed person can still kill you. So you're not, a, you're not allowed that option. You're not allowed to have that type of, you can have empathy, but not to that level. Does that make any kind of sense? Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And to a certain extent, that's one, some of the problems with society today. And why you say that like this person is a, a criminal and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like they got, they, they did criminal things and et cetera, et cetera from a certain standpoint, when you're in a situation, it doesn't matter what that person's problem are, problems are. Yep. It's either a threat or non-threat. And if they are a threat, they have to be dealt with as such. It doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck what's going on in your life. I don't care. You're threatening me and my safety and the safety of the people that I care about. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. So, so, and so that's, and, and so that is, and, and from that standpoint, I can understand the, um, the, the, the inclination of other people in the country in terms of how they look at criminals and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I would say most of those people aren't a threat to you because you're not in the environment that they are in. Does that make any kind of sense? And outside of that environment, they're not necessarily the same, if that makes sense, right? If they look at, you know, like a, 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 this is, I gotta be, I'm trying to be extremely careful, um, but like, 
So one thing that I tell people is that like, if I go to Baltimore, like, so it's funny. So I live in Arizona, right? And I'll go out places and people will, you know, know and or assume that I'm from the East Coast, right? And they're like, oh, you're from blah, 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 blah. And I had somebody tell me that they thought I was from Chicago one day. And I was like, no, not Chicago, Baltimore, blase, blase, right? So they can kind of see that, right? Um, and there, there was a time where I purposely tried to have a certain image so as not to be bothered, where I wanted people to know that I was going I wasn't food. Does that make any kind of sense? Right. I was not prey. I was not prey. But even still, right, I, to some people, I still looked like prey. Does that make any kind of sense? Does am I am I making and 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 when you're in a predator prey situation, right? When you grow up around that, right, it's 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 all of the other layers beneath that kind of go out of the window. And that is when I look at what was happening in America and when I was telling people, like, be careful what you say, like, you know, be careful what you justify, you know, um, I wouldn't cheer on that kind of action or we don't want to promote this kind of behavior, blah, 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 is because you, you, you start to create this space where you do leave your house with the very real predator versus prey type of equation going on in your head and is it and 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 uh a lot of things fall off from that now compassion and empathy for your friends for people that you don't consider you know enemies absolutely right all the time but at the same time you can flip on the switch and 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 be a different way right um i would say the difference between you know um why I didn't go down a path in, in, in who I am today and et cetera, et cetera. One, um, I did. I was blessed to have a very strong father, right? I'm, I'm a very strong male role model, right? My father, my grandfather, um, both my grandparents, right? Um, grandma, all that stuff. And um, like I told you, um, did, I, did I give that story on here where I was sitting with the guy in, in the, in the uh, we were sitting in the house and you know, they were smoking. At that point in time, I didn't smoke weed um, and uh, drinking a little bit. And um, one of the guys leaned over to me and said, you see all these guys, you don't have to be like them. Oh, I think he did tell me that. I don't know if he had told it to me in private or he told, said it on here. Well, okay. So there was one situation. I was like 12 or 13 and I was hanging out with a bunch of, a uh, bunch of. Dr- this was guy was like an uncle Jimmy type figure, right? Yeah, uh, so he wasn't an Uncle Jimmy type figure. Um, <laughs> he wasn't. He w- he could have been. The other people in the room were more Uncle Uncle Jimmy type figures, right? He was more the Uncle Jimmy's brother who didn't do what Uncle Jimmy did. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he had Uncle Jimmy's respect because he was who he was. Does that make sense? Um, I had a, I had a client one time, I'm going to tell a side story, who was Italian and he had one of his family members, right, was a hitman for the mob, right? But everybody still respected his dad. This, this client became, went, he's a multimillionaire now, blah, 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 blah. But 
his dad was respected. And he told a story of his dad putting an ice pick to a guy's throat who uh, was messing with his daughter, right? Don't fuck with my daughter, right? So that was his dad, but his dad was not involved in the mafia or mob in any type of way, right? But he had the respect of those guys. Does that make any kind of sense? And so this person who wasn't an Uncle Jimmy, but was like Uncle Jimmy's brother, he wasn't, they, they, weren't, they weren't even related, but he had, he was the cousin of somebody else. He was the cousin of somebody else. But anyway, he had respect throughout everybody because when it came down to it, one, he was a man, and acted as such, right? And in that, in that world, if you're gonna be a man and act as such, men kill people. This is real, that's real life. Like men, when it comes down to it, men have to fucking take other people's lives to a certain extent to, accept, to, 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 perfect, to protect their family, protect themselves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And nobody doubted that he would go that step. Does that make any kind of sense? I'm not saying he'd been that step before, but I'm saying that nobody doubted that he would he would he would not go that step, and nobody doubted that he would bitch up or back down. He wouldn't. Does that make any kind of sense either? So like he would be a man regardless, right? And so even in that world, men res men respect that. Does it mean it's going to save you? Absolutely not. But men respect it, right? I don't want to be involved in crime, but you know, if you push that button, I got that. I can go there, right? And so he had that. And he, so he told me, he was like, he said, you see, these, they respect me. That's what he told me. We were watching. We were sitting there. As a matter of fact, I just seen the police officer come to the door, take a bribe and fucking skididdle, right? And so I'm sitting there watching. I'm observing everything. And at that point in time, like, um, you know, I think I told you, at that point in time, somebody put a gun in my, my hand and told me to fucking go do something, I would have probably done it. Right, like the odds of me doing it, just because I I I could not stand for anybody to think that I wouldn't, for that reason alone, for the reason alone of like, I I can't have you believing that I wouldn't do it. I and and so you got to know that I can do it. Everybody has to know I can do it, and I'm gonna do it. And so, blah blah. blah if I'm put in that situation, right? Anyway, so he told me, um, you know, you see that they they. I don't do what they do and they respect me. Right. And he did. And it was, and, and you can see when people respect another person. Right. And it was like, you don't have to do what they do to, to have their respect, you know? And, um, and that was a pivotal point in my life. Right. That was a point in my life where I was like, okay, well, I don't have to, you know, be in this game or not even just in the game of, of, criminality right of being a criminal but i don't have to be in the killing game and um that was that was probably if i look back on my life any moment had any real like lasting impact in terms of going right or left that was that was the that was a, a turn that drove me in a way 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 right direction and mind you i'm a straight a student all this time still right um, and I was just because I just wanted to be the best and <laughs> whatever, right? But um, but yeah, that was that was that was uh, that was that was that was a moment where I I decided that you know I didn't have to be um, I guess for like I didn't have to be a murderer, right? And I didn't have to have 
that murderous mentality, right? Um, in order to live, right? In order to live and, you know, be happy. But then I, I still had to separate myself from those people because certain situations that you get in, you get into life and death situations, you hang with certain people, you get a target painted on your chest, right? I knew like when I was out, like I was, I remember I was out with them one time and we were hanging out downtown. And you know, there's, there's certain areas, right? In any city, in any place where everybody goes, right? Um, we were on the street, they, 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 they you know, uh, the, the block, the avenue, right? We were on the street. And um, this downtown Baltimore is actually like Baltimore Street. Anyway, we're down there and we're hanging out and, you know, everybody hangs out from all the neighborhoods all across the city, right? People hang out down there. And I'm I'm sitting there watching um, and, um, you know, we did like some shadow boxing because they were like trying to test me out. And I'll be honest, guys, like I have, as my dad told me when I was there, I have slow hands. I can fight. But I don't have the fastest hand, so shadow boxing, I don't look always the best. But, like, it, I, I promise you I can take a punch, and I, I can slip a punch, and I can get inside. And once I'm in there, I'm, I'm fucking good to go. I've had a lot of experience. But, <laughs> but I didn't look the best, that shadow boxing. So, anyway, um, you know, we, we stopped and, uh, you know, joked. And, I, you know, and my boy had my back because I busted his ass. So my boy had my back. He's like, nah, okay, he can fight. Because cause he can shadow box better than me. But he knew when we fucking got down to it, I'm fucking busting his ass anyway. <laughs> so he had my back, but they were trying to talk shit over me because I lost, right? He was like, nah, 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 trust me, dog. He was like, go. So anyway, we're sitting there. We're joking. We're talking and stuff like that. Um, you know, thinking about picking up some some girls from Oscar. Like I said, it's the block. It's where people go, right? And they're showing off. The one dude I was riding with, he just got a new car. So he's kind of showing off his new car. You know what I mean? And um, and uh, so we, we out there. And I see dudes across the street, like, and they pointing and talking, right? And I could, tell a, I could tell the conversation was, you know, that is, who that kid, blah, 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 blah. And you can feel it, right? You feel that, you feel that, that, that predation. Does that make any kind of sense? Like that marking. And so, like, at that point, I realized, like, okay, if I continue to hang with these guys, right, I'm marked. I'm part of them, right? So whether I'm in it or I'm not in it, I'm in it. Does that make any kind of sense? Whether I'm in it or I'm not in it, I'm in it. And because other people are going to associate me with them. And I could not be in this, but they know that they know. So I'm a target, right? And, I, and, and not just in terms of target for, I might not be like somebody who's not gonna drive up on me and execute me. Like that's not, that's not the kind of target that I, I would have become unless I got involved, involved. But like a target in terms of, if I see this person on about one, I might but I watch my back or they might provoke me, right? Into an altercation. Does that make any kind of sense? Like, or, or try to humiliate me. Because if people know that I'm with them and I can be humiliated in public, right? That's bad. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, so, um, and so I always have to be a representative of the group. And so then if that person acts to try to humiliate me, then I have to act in a way, you know, as to not be humiliated, right? I can't let that happen. I can't look bad. I can't look bad. I can't let the group look bad. So I have to stand up and then who knows what happens there, right? 
Um, you know, and that's why people die over getting an argument and get killed. That's why somebody can step on somebody else's shoes and somebody can get killed, right? Because it's always this statement of manhood, of toughness. You got to be tough. Because if you're not, you're a target, right? You're a target anyway, but you're an easy target if you're not, right? If you're soft. So I told Jesse before we did this, um, I wanted to kind of like really humanize it. And um, <laughs> one of the best ways that I could do that is to think about, the, you know, the, to me, the, one of the most divisive yet also most followed and applauded figures of all time, right? And say, if you took a person with the personality of Donald Trump and you stripped away every advantage that they had in life and put them into a, you know, bad situations, what would their behaviors be like, right? And I would just let you guys, you know, let your imagination run on what type of, you know, um, behaviors <laughs> Donald Trump would use had he grown up um, in a similar situation like an inner city of Baltimore, right? What, what type of person would he be? And um, I told Jesse he would be like a Scarface type of personality. That's what I feel, right? And, um, and, and, and so, you know, my point being is that, like, you know, all humans in certain situations dealing with certain realities have to ask and answer certain questions and have to take some other options off the table. Right. So like, you know, um, and, and then as you make your decisions in life, you, you still have to. So once I decided I didn't want to be a criminal, once I decided I didn't hang out with those people anymore. Right. There were multiple situations where it was a back down choice or not back down where I chose to back down. Does that, does that, am I making any kind of sense? And I have conflicting emotions about that, right? Um, I can think of, you know, probably three instances um, after the age of like, I can think of one instance when I was 13 where I chose to back down. And, uh, and um, that was because it was a girl. And I, I was like, I didn't want to kill that girl. So I chose to back down and I felt like that's probably what I, what I would have had to do. Um, she's a big girl. <laughs> she's a big girl, people. She was older than me and she was a big girl. And, you know, she had a, she was a, she was a bully. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. Women can be bullies, right? <laughs> she was a bully. And, um, you know, we had, you know, gotten to a little argument and did she like, I, got off the bus after school one day and she came up to me and approached me. She was talking reckless and I was like, and I walked away. Right. I didn't even say anything. I just walked away. Right. And it was because like one, I didn't know she had a weapon on her. I didn't have a weapon on me. And two, I was like, this bitch is crazy. I'm going to have to fucking murder. I'm going to kill this bitch. Like, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to fuck her. You know, I'm not, I'm going to have to kill her. And so I, 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 and I just left it. And so that was, a, that was the one time I, I, I stepped, I, I backed away from anything, you know, at a, I guess, before the age of 15. And then after like 15, 16, you know, it was a couple of situations where I could have, you know, I would say in some cases probably should have, you know, made an example out of somebody. And I didn't. Um, 
And, but it was because I saw a brighter light in my life. Like after Paul said that to me, uh, so I shouldn't have said his name, but after he said that to me, right. Um, uh, you know, and I, uh, and I, um, I wanted to, 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 to live a different life. Um, I wanted to make a difference. I didn't want to promote violence. I didn't want to die young, <laughs> right? All of those, all of those things. And, you know, I made, I made that, you know, that decision. Do I still do brash stuff? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? You know, high school kid and blah, 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 blah. But I, I, I did my best not to put myself into, um, into like the direct, you know, kind of, of line of situation. But I was blessed in that like when I went into high school, uh, we still lived in the city, but my family moved to a really good part of the city, right? So I wasn't like, you know, I didn't have to worry every time I walked out my door. You know what I mean? Um, that's huge. Still had, I mean, I still, you know, caught the bus to school and all that kind of stuff. And so I still went through bad neighborhoods and all this kind of stuff and, you know, all that stuff. But um, I didn't, I had a safe place to go back to as opposed to, you know, going back to a place where even in my house, I hear outside of the house gunshots at night. Does that make any kind of sense? So that when I get up in the morning or if I'm coming home, I'm worried about like walking into my door and getting shot. Does that make any kind of sense? By mistake, right? <laughs> From a stray bullet or like, or, or being close to people who are extremely predatory, right? Them not being out of place in that area. So that, that afforded me, when my family moved to that nicer area in the city, that afforded me a lot of, a lot of space to, um to get out of that uh predator prey kind of mentality. But for a long time I was still I still was I still was pretty like that. Like I still was like still looked at everybody as a you know, what kind of threat are they? What what could happen here? Um and then I went to a really good st- school in the city. There are a lot of people in the group who are um who went to who I went to high school with went to the best, you know, school in Baltimore City. So most of the kids there were interested in bettering their life. Um, you know, had a few classmates who got shot while we were in high school, uh, a few classmates who got killed. Um, but not like, not the, not the amount that I would have if I had went to, say, another high school in Baltimore, um, where I would probably, you know, probably by the time I, so by the time I graduated, I think like three or four classmates that got shot and two, and one got killed, but he got killed after he left. And one person who was a grade above me got killed. Um, it was his senior year coming out of the club. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and that's, but that's, but your whole perception, the whole, the whole, the point of this is, and I know this is, we're trying to build bridges and trying to give people an idea and understanding is that when you're faced with life and death situations from a very young age, your whole, every 
bit of your structure of right and wrong changes, right? And, and, and because you're just faced with life or death. Does that make any kind of sense? Like, like it's like a lot of moral ambiguity is based upon comfort. Um, and what I say when I say that is that That's such a cliche example. Um, but like, it's easy for the person who's not starving to judge the one who is, who steals the loaf of bread, right? When you're not in a position of, 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 of you're starving to death, it's really easy to judge a person who steals food, right? Or steals something to get food, right? Because stealing is wrong and theft is wrong. But if you're starving, it's almost like, and you can't figure a way to how to eat, like, or you haven't figured out how you're going to eat, right? It's almost in, uh, what is the word? Uh, in a affront to yourself or, or committing suicide. It's almost immoral not to steal, if that makes any kind of sense. Like, what kind of, what kind of person are you to not do this to feed yourself and your family or your people that you care about? Like, you're a piece of shit. Does that make any kind of sense, right? And, and so, you know, those are, those are the different rules to the game per the situation. Does that make any kind of sense? And so like, yeah, like in war, we understand soldiers kill people, right? In certain places growing up where, where the, the idea that someone will kill you, and the reason why it's okay for soldiers to kill people is because those people are killing, trying to kill them. Does that, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and they're in a fight over resources and stuff like that. And when the rules of the game are like, if you are a punk, you're food. If you are soft, you lose, you die, right? You can't afford to be soft. Even if in your heart of hearts, you're soft. <laughs> you know, even if in your heart of hearts, you're loving, caring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you express that to the world, it has to come, it still has to come like this. You still have to have, you know, this has to be a reality. Like this has to be like, oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to use this too. I, I love you, but you know, and that's, and that's, uh, I guess that's, that's, that's what it's like to grow up really in a, in, in a place that's, that's crime infested is that the rules change drastically the rules change drastically because life and death is on the line if you do not play the, the way the rules of the game are set up and the rules of the game are set up to to not get eaten and so you can't you're not afforded certain things and but here's the deal if you put a lot of those people in places where they can afford those things changes they change and most people don't want to live like that. But it's part of the human condition, which is why you asked me this question, right? Because now I can recognize it. I can look at, no offense, guys, a guy like Donald Trump and imagine him in a certain area, in a certain place, and be like, oh, yeah, he would be this, right? And it was like, okay. So that means that if you deal with somebody like that in business, then you have to treat them with the same way. But it might not be life or death, but it's like 
the 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 what they're willing to do to beat you is is significant. You you get what I'm saying? And then when you see when I see people like I see what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse, I see what happened with uh, um, uh, people justifying what happened to Ahmaud Arbery. I see I see a George Zimmerman signing autographs and things like that. Like I think all of us, you know, like it's there is there is a part there's a underneath of society, underneath of everything that we put out there, there's a part of us that is extremely animalistic and that is, believes in, in, in kill or be killed. And we like to pontificate like we don't understand that. But I think deep, 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 deep in every human being, they know that that's there and that's real. And they... And I mean, I think that's why we like movies like shows like Walking Dead, right? And things like that, right? Because it, it it pulls off all those layers of society and society is gone. And now it's just, it's that. And you, but you also see people try to recreate it because people yearn for safety. We do. And we yearn for peace and coexistence. And so that's like, you watch all this chaos. You never seen in Walking Dead. I know you never seen it, right? I know you've never seen it, right? Or, or, or even, uh, um, what's the name of that goddamn movie that we talked about? I Am Legend, right? Robert Neville, right? They, they're searching for somewhere where they can just live in peace. Searching. Just want to live in peace. I just want to deal with normal problems. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the, you know, there are parts of the world where it's just like, uh, like, yeah, like, this is what, this is my reality. I got to deal with it. I got to behave this way. I don't get to, I don't get to, I don't get to treat you like you're not a possible threat standing outside of my door. Right. And so, yeah, if I'm really nervous, I'm going to shoot first, ask questions later. Or I'm gonna treat you like a whatever. Anyway, um, but but most uh, I don't know. We, I say this is a hard one. Like I don't know what what do we just what do we what do we accomplish talking about this, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> what do we what do we what do we accomplish? Yeah, I need your help. I know it went on forever. We have about eight minutes left. <laughs> I'm gonna give a quick perspective, and then I want to ask you a question that I'll let you answer and then maybe we'll open it up to like part two and also contributions from the group. So it's really interesting listening to you share your story first and please thank you so much for sharing and sharing so openly and generously with it because it certainly gives me a lot of pause and perspective because as I'm hearing you talk there's a part of me that I recognize is trying to problem solve it's saying, well, okay, so there's ego, there's this, there's that, like there's, there's bullying. And so there's, there's, and then there's another part of me that's saying, well, that's, you know, that's not so different than what most kids go through. That's but then, and so when I'm sitting here from this position, I can see how easy it is then for me to judge and look at statistics and say, well, why the fuck are these guys killing each other? Because kids get bullied. Uh, you know, you're getting, you're killing each other over a car. How stupid is that? You're killing each other over somebody insulting you. That's so ridiculous. And then just using the broad term of, well, they're just criminals or animals or blah, 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 right? That's a, that's a convenience that I have. 
from the position I sit. Then when I hear a framework that you shared about predator and prey, kill and be killed, suddenly the extremes of those behaviors start to make a lot of sense. Especially if I'm a child growing up in that, and that's the reality I'm taught, is that it's kill or be killed, predator versus prey, and that I'm now, I'm no longer <clears throat> engaging human beings as human beings. I'm not looking at them as this or that. I'm looking at them as a threat or not a threat. Yes. And that changes our psychology, right? Because we're doing we're doing things differently, and all of us have these experiences when we've when we found ourselves alone and scared, maybe we traveled to a city we hadn't been to before, a country where we didn't know the language, or we're going in for a new job and we felt a little uncertain of ourselves, or we were having to ask the guy or the girl out to the dance and we felt uncertain. And we felt that uncertainty and what that did to our physiology or psychology, and I can imagine then magnifying it exponentially in a predator versus prey dynamic. So I so appreciate you sharing because it gave me a lot to consider for how I evaluated things in the past and how I can stretch myself to try to evaluate things going forward. My question to you with this and my challenge to you is, is we, we're going to have, we have five minutes left before we have to wrap up for today. So it doesn't have to be a complete answer. It can be a, a opening to a part two and it can be a something that other people would love for them to chime in. You shared the story about sitting there and everybody's kind of sitting around drinking and smoking and the guy leans over to you and says, hey, you don't have to be like them. I'm wondering, and you were 12, 13 about at that time, right? Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what would have, what, and this can be as big of an answer as it needs to be, but what would need to happen or what could have happened rather for that conversation, for you to accept that as an alternative reality at a younger age, meaning <clears throat> because you're going from that predator prey, kill or be killed mentality, criminal, and, and it maybe even too, it sounds like what was really unique there is it wasn't even so much a predator prey, kill or be killed mentality as that was more of he, he, he posed it as a, as a you don't need to be a criminal or non-criminal mentality. You know, is, is that fair to say? And so I, I don't know. And, and I didn't consider that before when you're sharing, but now as I say that, those are three, you know, two at least very distinctly different frameworks. Predator, prey, killer, be killed kind of could be one and the same. But criminal, non-criminal, I think there's a different psychology in that. And I'll let you share, and I don't want to take up too much of time, but as I'm talking this out, that to me makes much a lot more <clears throat> sense because it's a different psychology of survival of and taking care of my tribe versus doing something where you are and in survival and taking care of my tribe there is a certain moral righteousness or right to it yes but when we're looking at a dynamic or a framework of criminality or non-criminality criminal or criminal there's a different perspective on right and wrong yeah. that, that I imagine is in, is inviting 12 or 13 year old Jared to evaluate life decisions differently. Is that fair to say? And then I, I mean, just maybe. It was, a, it was, it was a great, it was a great analogy and I'll try to, I think we probably do need to do a part two talking about predator versus prey versus criminal versus non-criminal. 
And so the, the, the thing that I said is the underlying truth behind of all society is that we live in a predator versus prey reality, right? It's always that. It's always that. Whether you're talking about business or in any kind of business or war or whatever, underneath of all of this humanity, all of this great society that we've created is still a predator versus prey, right? Wolf versus sheep, wolf versus shepherd, shepherd versus lion from the, from the Bible thing that's always there. It's always prevalent. We try to rise above it, but it's always there underneath of the surface. So what, what he has said to me, you know, about, you know, not having to be like them wasn't to say, you know, reality is different. It wasn't to say that like things aren't do or die a lot sometimes, right? And more often. So more often in, that, in, the, in a place like Baltimore, things are do or die, right? It's do or die, right? You either behave this way or you die, right? Or you risk the likelihood that you will die sooner, right? Um, you know, if you don't act tough right now, then even if you are willing to do this, the amount of people who will challenge you will go up. And if the amount of challenges goes up, you increase your risk of death, right? And so that's the same kind of thought though behind some people who don't wanna be, so everybody wants hope. This is what new people need to understand. People want and need hope, right? And if you can provide that for them, if there's a hope for something better, most people will reach for it. If you can actually build the hope into them that there is something better, most people will reach for it. Period. Insert hope. I'm fucking accept it. I'm going to reach for it. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent. What happens in, in a situation like that is people lose hope. Right? I didn't necessarily have hope of something better, of being respected. Right? Or even survival, like I said, living beyond 18. Does that make, am I making any kind of sense? Yeah. And I don't know if people can conceptually understand that, like what it's like to be young and then not think you're gonna get old, right? <laughs> but but it's, it's real and it changes your dynamics and what you wanna experience as a young person before you die, all of this changes, right? Um, and so, but the thing about, I think the, the depth bef- between predator prey and criminal versus non-criminal is that when the predator versus prey dynamic is so real, and so in your face, right? It's almost safer to be a criminal than to be a non-criminal. Mm-hmm. Does that make it, am I making any kind of sense? Because if you're a criminal, not only have you accepted the predator versus prey mentality, but you probably are like living with, communing with and associating with what at least you hope are other predators. Mm-hmm. Does that make any kind of sense? Like the, like the, like the, like, uh, I like mob stories and mob guys. Mobsters used to think that everybody that wasn't in the mob was a sucker. And they all suckers. Like everybody's, a, you know what I mean? Because they were the wolves and they were going to eat. And you were all punks, <laughs> right? Chumps, right? And, and the truth of the matter is like when you're faced with that life or death attitude, it's predator prey and you know it's real right? It's more safety with the other predators than it is trying to, you know, even be a shepherd of the prey, 
right? Even be a shepherd of sheep, right? You know, it's just you're 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 laying down with food every day. Does that with the food every day, and, and as opposed to laying down with the people with the guns, people with the protection, blah 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 blah. blah. I think that dynamic has changed to a certain extent, but you know, I, I you know, I, I read a story from a guy who still works does stuff in Baltimore, and he talked about you know his kids because he he he's a guy in the community knocking on his door um, at night, and they had just got shot at. You know, these were teenage kids. They just got shot at, and they ran to his house. And they banging on his door, asking him to let him in. And, you know, he yells at him. He yells, he tells him, yelling at him. Um, he lets him in, but he's yelling at him and cursing. Like, y'all brought that to my house. Like, you endangered my family, knocking on my door, running. Like, I can get y'all scared. And he ends up driving them home and everything afterwards. But, like, you know, but that's their reality. And, like, you know, they were scared, right? They were, and, and it's weird, right? to know people uh, that can see people get shot, be around shooting, and you can talk about it. You know, I, re I realized my life was different when I was, I was like playing poker and I talked about like the shooting at a, I was playing football and somebody got shot at the football game, right? But it was a funny story to me because of how the other players reacted after the shooting and blah, 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 blah. But as I'm telling the story and I'm laughing, because I think it's funny because I can tell it with my peer group who have also seen other people get shot and we can laugh, right? Um, that uh, everybody's like, you just talked to, well, the person lived, like they lived. So they got, you know, when they got shot, it was, you know, but the way that, you know, this guy responded and he was running on his crutches across the field, right? <laughs> and he was like the fastest guy <laughs> running away on crutches. That's hilarious, right? <laughs> But, but, but people looked at me like it was it was it was different. I was like, oh, okay. So so when he tells that story and he's like, these kids are shook and they're scared and they're afraid, right? But you, a year later they'll laugh and they'll think it was funny and they'll make a joke and they'll joke somebody or you'll joke somebody who got shot and how they how they how they you know whatever if they if it was a if it was a mild thing and. And how they reacted, and you know, cried like a little bitch or something like that, you know. And that's just, and that's 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 how people people make brevity of dark. That's how people cope with dark situations. So I know we're done, but anyway. yeah, we gotta, we gotta wrap up. I have to jump off. So I think just two questions people consider is how do we bring hope to those who feel there's a lack of hope, and also maybe. An invitation to observe where does that predator prey psychology show up in your life, and I think one thing that you just added in that last that last. Sorry. There's a, there's a I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Ah, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to navigate our Facebook page, and I yeah. clicked on clicked on something. All right, we'll wrap it up there.